first question. Uh, what are some What are some of your tips on creating your preferred partner network when you're just getting started? Oh, a partner network is uh, a great topic uh, to discuss because that can be uh, one of the uh, the foundation pieces in trying to establish uh, your business uh, here. There's you know primarily two uh, ways to approach the real estate business and. Uh, a combination of both is is suggested. Uh, you uh, one of the approaches is where do I get uh, my prospects uh, potentially to work with, and there are uh, all types of uh, services, uh, both paid and unpaid services that can generate uh, potential leads uh, for you to work with, uh, and obviously uh, following up and converting on those leads is uh, all part of our business. So the uh, the key thing for us, I think, is to uh, try to have a mix of that. Uh, plus uh, working on our personal referral base. One of the personal referral uh, networks uh, that is uh, very achievable and, uh, and can be uh, very fruitful uh, for both sets of individuals is the uh, network that you will potentially establish uh, as you uh, become more experienced in the business and, and work with more vendors. Uh, a past question from one of the past shows of who well, who is a good candidate for that. Um, many of the individuals that are involved in the day-to-day -day professional uh, aspects of the business which uh, you are uh, potentially uh, working with, uh, individuals such as attorneys uh, that would uh, assist you and handle closings uh, on behalf of your clients on a recommendation basis. They may also have clients uh, from time to time that are going to need real estate services, so working with an experienced attorney uh, is really uh, something that uh, is uh, uh, a key uh, to being part of your of your network. Uh, in addition to that, uh, insurance uh, connection. Uh, pretty much every individual that's going to come in uh, to a buying situation is going to need a connection on the insurance side. That would be their homeowners insurance or uh, a condominium insurance or even a renter's insurance policy. So uh, having an insurance uh, connection is important. And uh, that's, that's a good one from uh, the network side. Accounting is also another uh, one of the uh, aspects on the professional side uh, that you may involve, be involved with. And then the lender contacts can't go, be understated. Uh, oftentimes, as you are meeting your first-time buyers uh, that are coming in or even uh, second-time buyers, uh, they may not have a good referral source for lending. So if you can provide that with them, you're going to be giving them uh, not only a great service, but hopefully uh, putting them in a position uh, that they can get uh, the job done efficiently and uh, economically and that it's a good financial uh, scenario for your client. So all of those professional sources are really good uh, networking opportunities for you uh, as an uh, experienced or as a brand new real estate agent in trying to build uh, that base. Uh, the other one, uh, the other sector of the, of the, uh, the marketplace is, is likely the individuals that would be doing uh, some work uh, connected to the real estate transaction itself. That would be physical work. It could be plumbers, uh, painters, electricians, uh, carpenters, uh, general contractors, and a variety of uh, uh, additional individuals that are involved in that process uh, along the way. Uh, landscapers come to mind and many, many others that can assist you uh, with getting the properties either ready for sale or being in a position that once individual buyers come in, they're going to need some help uh, potentially in uh, getting some recommendations to spruce up the property uh, that they're going to be acquiring. And if you have a network of those individuals, it can be quite rewarding uh, for your clients. Again, you're providing a great service for them, 
uh, you're also uh, in a position where uh, you can get them quality uh, workers and hopefully they'll be in a position that uh, they can get a, a lot of benefit out of uh, your suggestions and ultimately uh, some uh, referrals can be generated from you know from those sources too <coughs> excuse me Good stuff as usual. Um, Thanks, Gino. Um, you know, one of the things we always talk about in this uh, business is you have to ride through the ups and the downs of the real estate business. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we'll, we'll make a professional uh, reference here to uh, the Chicago Cubs coming off a great high uh, over the weekend uh, with a three-game sweep of the Cardinals, uh, playing the, uh, uh, the last place worst record team in baseball, uh, the, the, um, uh, the Marlins, uh, last night. Uh, put themselves in a position that uh, they did not close out the, the transaction, they did not close out the deal, and ultimately wound up, uh, unfortunately, losing a ball game. I think with a, a quality company, uh, hopefully uh, that company is going to provide you with inputs in, in putting that plan together. And then I would uh, suggest, again, stay the course. Uh, don't, uh, if you have hit a bump in the road like the Cubs hit a bump in the road last night, uh, unexpectedly, of course, you're not going to win every game. That's why they play 162 games. You're not going to win every listing uh, on it, and you're not going to uh, be in a position that you sell every one of your properties that you list in the first week. But you have to ride it out, stay true to the game, stay true to the course, and hopefully you'll be in a position that you have uh, more successes uh, than challenges as your real estate career moves forward. Um, With that aside uh, being completed, we'll move on to the next question. So uh, why do some companies hold earnest money and some do not? Uh, well, earnest money is uh, typically a part of a transaction. It's one of the negotiable items in any transaction. And one of the questions is, uh, do I have to have earnest money in a transaction? Earnest money these days is primarily a good, a good faith uh, function uh, of the uh, transaction itself. Uh, and uh, that uh, means that if the uh, individual that's uh, the, uh, the buyer uh, wants to uh, advise uh, that, the, uh, that they are very interested in the property. Uh, they are going to then uh, put up a deposit, the earnest money deposit, which will show that they are sincere about moving forward and completing the contract and fulfilling the contingencies. Uh, three big contingencies, uh, the home inspection contingency, the attorney approval, contingency which runs concurrently with the uh, inspection contingency and uh, typically the third uh, big one is the financing contingency uh, in the transaction. So as that process is unfolding, uh, if a buyer puts up or when they put up earnest money, that earnest money uh, shows that they are sincere. Uh, we're not going to get into the legality of uh, when there are default situations on earnest money, but very, very typically uh, the earnest money is uh, for the most time, most, uh, most often, unless there's an outright uh, default in the, the transaction, uh, that money is going to be refunded uh, to the buyer along the way if there is a breakdown between the parties on inspection or attorney approval or mortgage contingency. As long as the parties have followed the terms of the contract, served appropriate notices uh, through their attorneys, and have moved forward. So back to the earnest money question. Uh, why do certain offices hold it? Well, traditionally, the listing office uh, in the uh, real estate transaction has been the one that's been responsible to hold the earnest money, uh, and that is uh, for the benefit of the seller, but they actually are an escrowee, so ultimately they are the middle person in the transaction, uh, and uh, by custom, uh, seller's side 
or listing broker usually has the earnest money. It, it's not required. Buyer, uh, the buyer's uh, agent uh, office can also hold the earnest money because remember again we have to split those two functions. One is the brokerage side and then the second function which is the escrow. Now that's the holding the earnest money. Now that person is again an escrowee or this is the company is the escrowee and they hold for uh, the benefit of both of the parties uh, in the transaction. Other alternatives uh, could be having it uh, held by a title company. Uh, the attorneys could be involved potentially in holding earnest money. Uh, for the most part, uh, these days, uh, it, because of the paperwork that's involved in holding earnest money and because of the uh, risks and liabilities, uh, so certain offices have opted out uh, of uh, doing that. And so sometimes it's a question of, well, who wants to hold the earnest money? Uh, our office specifically, uh, Weikert Realtors All Pro, we're a traditional office and we do hold the earnest money on behalf of uh, the parties in the transaction to be able to uh, expedite uh, the movement on it. But every office sets its own policies on that, and it's always good to check with the managing broker uh, as to what uh, their opinion is. And in my opinion, uh, it's one of the services that we provide in a transaction rather than just trying to opt out uh, of it, as uh, many companies do. Uh, but again, uh, that's, uh, that's very important. Uh, the other thing I think that is important, too, is uh, just to note that Earnest money is not a requirement in a transaction, uh, so there have been transactions that I've been involved in that have closed without earnest money. It is a very, very much a rare exception, and uh, typically, if I'm representing a seller, I, there'd have to be some uh, very overriding reason why uh, there would not be earnest money put up in a transaction, and then ultimately, that's going to be a seller's decision if they want to move forward uh, on a transaction without an earnest money deposit. There could be some good reasons, and. Uh, those are uh, taken usually on a case-by-case -case basis uh, along the way. So again, confer with your managing broker on uh, that. Uh, if uh, you're uh, listening and you're part of our company, then of course I'm available for a phone call anytime uh, to address that more thoroughly. Good stuff. So essentially it's just uh, it's another way for the company to offer value to it's another service. I would agree, yeah. Uh, well, 99.9% uh, .9 of the transactions have earnest money, uh, so someone uh, ultimately needs to take the responsibility for that. I uh, personally, on our side, uh, the benefit of our office holding earnest money is that uh, we are uh, able to better monitor the transaction because we know, in, in fact, that the earnest money did come in. We also know that the earnest money was deposited. The state requires the uh, earnest money to be promptly deposited in a separate account in our escrow account and uh, ultimately uh, we'll know if that happens and we'll also know if the earnest money doesn't come in uh, on it right away rather than if there's a third party uh, sometimes there's a loss of control you don't really know if the buyers have gone out uh, and dropped it off at uh, the title company if they've actually dropped it off with an attorney in the transaction there's sometimes a loss of control and then the communication level uh, on it so ultimately if we are the coordinator of the transaction on the listing side, that puts us in a little bit better position. Uh, also, uh, if there's an issue with the earnest money deposit uh, being uh, funded and uh, also being negotiated, uh, occasionally we do receive an earnest money check and then there's no funds behind it. So the check comes back NSF uh, there because the individual that put up the money uh, did not have any, enough money in their account. That's kind of a red flag out there that if they uh, don't have the, uh, enough in their account for uh, clearing the earnest money deposit that uh, some, someone should take note of that uh, immediately because obviously 
uh, a lender is going to be tracking uh, that money as part of the down payment money for the, uh, the transaction itself. So if, if we hold it, uh, we're on the front line to know what's going on in the transaction rather being being on the back burner uh, somewhere else in the transaction. So that's my personal opinion. We like to be proactive. We like to uh, do the best job that we can in uh, representing our clients' interests along the way, and, and that's been our company position you know, on that over the years. Mm -hmm. All right, good stuff. Um, all right, so let's uh, go in a different direction here. When you're working with a buyer, uh, what are some things you would ask them during Oh, uh, well, that's a good one. Uh, we, uh, through our training programs here, and all of our agents know that as they go through their uh, their training uh, through our Weikert system, uh, that there's uh, several sessions that are uh, that are uh, focused on uh, working with the buyer. Uh, one of our uh, prime uh, brochures uh, that we work with uh, takes uh, us through the process in 16 steps uh, of uh, first meeting with the buyer and then walking. Uh, them through the entire transaction. So on day one, when you have that first buyer interview, uh, you can walk them through uh, the entire process in advance of actually signing a contract so they know what to anticipate. That could be in, involved in this inspection process, the attorney approval, making sure that they have a pre-approval letter up front so that they can negotiate their strongest position if we happen to represent them as a buyer, uh, knowing the things that they're going to need to do along the way, to get the loan, uh, to get their homeowner's insurance, to uh, do all the other things that are related uh, to the typical uh, transaction itself, and uh, then eventually, hopefully, to uh, finish up you know, with a smooth landing and, uh, and with, a, uh, with a happy closing. So at that first session, uh, we have a predetermined way of approaching it to make sure that we don't have uh, a lot of loose ends. We always recommend having a face-to-face -face, uh, interview with our buyers so that we can get them in uh, to the office and have an opportunity to find out if uh, they uh, want to work with us and all, as importantly whether we want to work with them in the pursuit of a home. Uh, we look at this as a, a two-way street. We have to be able to make sure that both of our, uh, of our uh, common goals are going to be achieved and not every one is always going to be a successful uh, scenario uh, for, for whatever reason uh, along the way based on uh, buyer side or uh, listing side. Uh, not every uh, not everyone is a great match. Not everyone is a great fit, and oftentimes, uh, you know, we want to get that sorted out in the very early stages. Sort ex uh, set up expectations, what the buyer can expect, how often the buyer wants to see homes, how we would handle a negotiation, and all the other particulars in the uh, in the transaction itself. So, if that first session uh, is you know, handled, you can clear the air completely, rather than just uh, trying to be in a position where you do it on the fly and then there's a lot of gaps along the way and it never gets off uh, to the right start and oftentimes a bad start is a, is a sign of a finish line uh, that's going to be potentially a lot further down the road than maybe both of the parties would like. Alrighty. Um, let's see. So we've been getting a lot of uh, questions around the listing presentation. So maybe it's just a good idea for you to kind of go through all the steps that you take when you're sitting down with a Okay, yeah, on the listing side that, uh, you know, we've always said, and I've been in this business, uh, as you know, uh, Gino, over 35 years, and there's an old saying from the days of yore uh, that you have to list to last uh, in this business. And if you don't uh, work on uh, listings and secure uh, listings as part of your uh, base 
uh, of business. It, it uh, puts individuals in really a challenged position because if they're exclusively working with buyers, uh, they're, they're not in a position uh, always that there's going to be a flow of those buyers. From the listing side, uh, you, uh, inventory uh, control and, uh, and listings provides a certain amount of assurance that as listings are taken, uh, you ultimately are going to have a base of business uh, that you can work through and uh, ultimately uh, each of the individuals that's there can set up their own expectations with their managing broker as to what's a great goal, uh, what is reality, and how long is it going to take for an individual to get started and really uh, wind up being an effective lister uh, in the business itself. Uh, we have uh, elaborate uh, presentations that we set up uh, here in our training uh, processes to make sure that our individuals really understand each step uh, within the, uh, the listing process. Uh, in the Weikert system, it's called the DOORS uh, Listing Presentation System, and it's av uh, available in uh, you know, multiple presentations uh, that are there. And it's a very uh, elaborate step-by-step -step approach so that individuals know uh, what's uh, going on uh, before they go out, that they have a certain level of assurance uh, through our uh, partner-up program. Uh, oftentimes, they're going to be working with an experienced broker, uh, getting started in the business to assist them, uh, not to be uh, someone that is going to just be in the background, but someone that can be up front and center uh, to get them rolling as they start in the business. Uh, importance uh, that, that, they, that the individual starting in this business develops confidence. Uh, I, as we discuss often uh, in our meetings, there's no practice sessions in this business. It's a tough business uh, on it. You know, you're always live. Uh, you, uh, if you're working with someone, doesn't matter the, uh, the level of the transaction uh, to that individual. Uh, it's the most important thing that they're doing, and they deserve the highest quality uh, level of, uh, of care and attention that can be provided uh, in, the, uh, in the marketplace uh, there. And our company is uh, committed to uh, making sure that we have that available and that we do that uh, for those individuals. So uh, again, uh, getting started uh, on the listing presentation itself, I think there's probably three keys uh, to take a look at uh, when you're uh, looking at the listing uh, process. Uh, you, when you're meeting with your seller, uh, they're probably going to want to know three things. And in uh, the order of importance, uh, that's going to be up to you in explaining those. But uh, ultimately, you, know, you can go from uh, larger to smaller, or you can go from smaller to larger. By that I mean, uh, for example, in our system, uh, the, the Weikert uh, National System is, an, uh, uh, is a great company and has over 500 affiliates uh, nationwide. We have a great system uh, that's been put together, uh, high-end uh, approach, uh, great image, and uh, th that's the, the start of the presentation where you can talk about uh, Weikert uh, uh, companies and uh, our base uh, on a corporate side and how that affects us. The second level is the franchisee, and that would be Weikert Realtors All Pro. <coughs> Excuse me. That would be talking about your company. And uh, that uh, would be the twists that are involved individually with our company here, our support system, our admins, and uh, how you individually fit uh, as a salesperson into that system. And finally, uh, the last thing is uh, your uh, own uh, twist as a salesperson that you're going to br bring into the transaction. So that's letting the seller know uh, about your personal background, your strengths uh, that you have, and how you separate yourself from the competition. Uh, the actual order of those things can be uh, in, in any uh, order. I think that you know, we're really in a business now where 
we're very agent-centric, uh, so individuals, uh, again, uh, oftentimes are going to focus on, uh, the, on themselves, but it's always nice to know that you have a strong support system behind you, and that's why we like to highlight uh, both the, the Weikert uh, name on a national basis and also the local franchise name, uh, Weikert Realtors All Pro, with myself as the managing broker there uh, as part of that process. So uh, after you've explained uh, th that to them, then we would move uh, typically into our marketing, uh, things that we would be doing. So what, uh, why would the seller want to list with us? Uh, and there are certain reasons. Uh, in addition to uh, working with a great agent, what are the things that would be happening during the process? What do we do to differentiate ourselves uh, from uh, the competition? And how do we follow through uh, to make sure that all those things uh, do happen uh, in the transaction? Uh, itself. So that, again, is, would be the marketing side of uh, the, the transaction. And finally, uh, I think it goes uh, pretty heavily towards uh, valuation. We would want to be uh, talking about the valuation process, how we would be attempting to uh, come to a price uh, that would be a, a good marketing price for the property, a good list price, and how we would uh, uh, market uh, to the, that uh, segment of the market uh, that would be uh, candidates uh, and how we would approach all of the avenues that are out there, uh, both on a, a web basis, on a, a MLS basis, on a local basis with the company, and all the other various things that we do to try to sell the property, including open houses, and just listed, just solds, door-to-door uh, passouts, uh, and all of the other uh, uh, different twists uh, that are put. Uh, there is no one magic uh, solution. Uh, we don't exactly know where it's going to come from. We do know that the formula, if put together properly, will oftentimes, or, and most of the time, yield a favorable result uh, on it. Uh, but the, uh, the pricing uh, part of the, of the discussion is certainly uh, one of the important uh, parts of the listing presentation. So kind of taking it, uh, again, just in a review basis, it's talking about the company uh, that you're with, talking about the uh, national company, talking about yourself as an individual, discussing marketing uh, options that are out there, and the things that we would do from that side, looking at valuation, and then ultimately uh, seeing if we can answer questions that the seller might have before uh, we complete the, uh, the listing uh, agreement. Uh, I think expectations are really important too. So it's trying to set the expectations uh, realistically with the sellers so they know what's uh, going to be coming down the road and what they can expect uh, in the transaction. Uh, identifying the bumps in the road before the bump is uh, an important uh, factor and experienced agents that are there can anticipate those and hopefully uh, soften the blow on the landing on bumps. Almost every transaction that I've been involved in always has some bump in the road uh, and, and that means that something unexpected uh, can occur. It's un only unexpected if uh, you don't uh, plan ahead and if you don't know the contingencies that could be involved in every transaction. Then it may seem devastating when something happens. Uh, once you've been doing it for a long, long time, uh, then you can anticipate uh, issues uh, oftentimes and, and hopefully uh, prepare yourself and your clients for the challenges and then uh, finally uh, trying to learn how to overcome uh, those challenges uh, along the way because just knowing the challenge is going to be there without uh, figuring out a resolution and an answer is uh, probably going to be uh, self-defeating. Uh, so you, you, you got to know how to fix that problem. Uh, and hopefully the problem never occurs, but if it comes along the way in the transaction, whatever it is, then uh, again, having a good team with you uh, to answer those 
uh, challenges is, is vital uh, to being able to keep the train on the tracks and keep moving forward towards your closing date. We always have to remember that we are working on a timeline basis. So whether the closing time frame is 30 days or 45 days or 60 days, uh, there are things that need to happen all the way along uh, the, the line on that process in order to be able to, to get to the finish line uh, in, a, uh, in, in an appropriate time frame uh, for the sellers and the buyers in the transaction. So in general, I, I would explain all of those things uh, in the, uh, the listing presentation so that the seller has a good idea of, of what's going to be coming down the line. Follow-up question to that, uh, Gino? <clears throat> yeah, so uh, a lot of process, in my, uh, in my opinion, my experience has been that some people really want all the nitty-gritty details about everything you're going to do for them, quote-unquote, everything that looks good on paper. So as far as the marketing, as far as talking about the company, here's all of our, uh, here's all the, the things that we can offer you, here's, here's the list, here's all the bullets and stuff we can offer. Um, they want you to go in Some people don't seem to care very much about that stuff because they almost expect, or they definitely expect, and they know that you, as an agent, as a partner professional, are going to get the job done one way or another, right? So they just kind of want to get to know you. <coughs> they want to know that the person they're going to be going on this journey with is going to be someone they can understand being around. Is that fair to say? I would agree, absolutely. Um, and sometimes, you know, if you're going through your presentation and they're just another one in their eyes because they know everyone's got all these still need to have, in my opinion, a rock-solid presentation, so you can't neglect that. So you always got to be prepared, but you, I think you have to kind of be light on your feet sometimes, uh, and just kind of read situation, read the people. Is that fair? I would completely agree, and uh, that's why with our company, uh, we typically recommend a two-step approach, uh, and our first step is uh, when we're meeting with the seller for the first time, or the buyer, uh, but typically, let's say it's a seller example because we're talking about listings here. Uh, during that first meeting, we're gathering information uh, about the property, uh, getting all the details. Um, we have the, uh, the, the uh, backup in-house information and the brochures to take a new agent and walk them through step-by-step step what they need to gather at that meeting. But it's really a warming-up session. You're finding out about the seller. Uh, you're asking them some good questions. What are the seller's needs? Uh, you're finding out uh, perhaps some uh, personal information about them and their family so that you can better uh, get into uh, their shoes and, uh, and put together suggestions uh, on behalf of that seller that are going to be uh, applicable to them. It's not always a, a one-size-fits-all. Uh, there's going to be different strategies uh, based on what the seller's needs happen to be. And we're going to be in a position here if, uh, if we do our job the right way that after we come away from that first meeting, the seller is going to have a working uh, familiarity with us mm -hmm. and a good feeling about who we are, and uh, you're going to have that general conversation. When we do the second uh, uh, meeting that, with that seller, uh, that's when we're getting really more into uh, the nitty-gritty of the uh, listing presentation itself and talking about the specifics of the company and also the specifics about uh, their home and how the, uh, the whole marketplace uh, works. Uh, I don't... Uh, uh, don't really. Uh, I think that the, the, the key thing again is just information gathering. Uh, when you have that first opportunity to meet with the seller, and, ma and making sure that you 
uh, connect with them and have some kind of a relationship that's built. The relationship ultimately uh, goes to the experience of the agent and the trust that the seller feels if they feel that there's uh, definitely, uh, this is someone that they can trust, this is someone that they can rely on, this is someone that can get the job uh, for them, then you're uh, halfway home uh, at that point. If you have never been able to uh, have that connection or they don't feel that trust level, then the scrutiny in the later meetings that you might have with them will be much uh, more significant because they're always going to be at that point uh, not completely, uh, they will not have been completely bought in uh, to the system and therefore they're going to be, uh, you know, questioning, you know, uh, more items. And some people are just generally inquisitive and they're very much more hands-on and other individuals are not. They're going to rely uh, a lot more uh, just on the professionalism of the, uh, the individual broker uh, that's there. So those are things you just have to roll with on a case-by-case -case basis, uh, hard to uh, predict in advance. If you're completely prepared and you have your uh, uh, your uh, toolbox completely filled with uh, all the things that you need under uh, given circumstances, then you'll be better prepared uh, to answer the seller's questions and uh, eventually get the listing and eventually uh, handle uh, hopefully a successful transaction for them and you know for our company. Yeah, the, I think being prepared is the key word there because you never know what direction it's going to go because you're always dealing with different people. Fortunately or unfortunately, you're dealing with human beings in, in this business, right? So you kind of got to be light on your feet. Um, yeah. 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 Completely agree uh, on that. As a, and again, one of the things we always talk about is that every single, although I've been involved in my career with thousands of transactions, every transaction is, has its own individual twist and has its own uniqueness. And why is that uh, the case? The, the, the reason is because we're dealing with a unique seller that has their own uh, uh, you know, relationships and they, their own level of expertise. Uh, we're dealing with an unknown buyer. We're dealing with uh, two brokers that'll be involved in the transaction that are coming from potentially different companies, per perhaps different cultures within the companies themselves, a different, two different attorneys in the transaction, uh, a lender that's an unknown at that point, and uh, an inspector that's brought into the mix along the way, and several others uh, along the way. So in, in any given transaction, there's 8, 10, 12, or, or more variables that can come into play, and each one of those can take a transaction in a different direction. And again, uh, your ability as a uh, well-trained agent and knowledgeable agent to be able to make sure that you can steer through and navigate uh, those, uh, that treacherous uh, terrain is gonna be uh, your worth uh, in the business to the seller. And that's why, in our opinion, my opinion, uh, we deserve the fee uh, that we charge. Uh, many uh, companies uh, are uh, uh, in a position that uh, they, uh, they have uh, a fee structure that I don't feel supports the ability to uh, go deep and to be well-trained and to do all the other things that you need to invest uh, in, a, uh, in a transaction in a seller to really get the highest yield uh, on it. And uh, ultimately, uh, you get what you pay for, is the old saying, and I, I truly believe that uh, individuals that are going to be quality individuals uh, by, uh, you know, by their destiny, by their, uh, by their experience level, are going to be worth uh, every penny that's paid in the transaction to be able to make sure that they come to a successful conclusion and get the deal done. Um, you think it's fair to say that uh, all sellers, they're very different people, 
they want different types of value, right? So if you come in with the exact same presentation every single time, um, you think that's going to be something that makes you successful or something that actually could hurt you? And like, or do you think the, the greater skill or an additional skill would be to, to be able to recognize that and remain by your feet and then offer the right types of value in real time to each person? Absolutely. Uh, you want to have a, a you want the seller to have a, a general uh, idea of what you're going to be doing, right. and those would be your your core uh, points uh, so that they have an idea as to how the transaction is going to move forward on it with hitting key uh, elements in every uh, presentation. However, the twists are definitely going to be there on every transaction. So some sellers may uh, be completely focused in on uh, well, how am I going to get rid of my furniture? Uh, that's in the house. Others may be focused on price. Uh, some may say, well, I've got to get out of town. I need a, a, a referral uh, to another broker or I need uh, someone that's going to assist me to accomplish this. And it, again, that's where uh, we go back to that uh, toolbox uh, scenario. If you have enough in your kit uh, there to be able to reach down and then have a solution for the questions that the seller may have, they're going to be different questions all the time. Uh, then you'll be in a, in a much better stead to be able to move forward. Uh, and the way that we work our system here, as you know, with our Partner Up uh, program, uh, if we have an uh, agent that's uh, one of our newer agents and they're in the, the mix uh, and talking to the seller, uh, they're only one phone call away uh, from their, their uh, Partner uh, Up that can provide them uh, with uh, a lot more experience. Our uh, Partner Ups would be our individuals that uh, have a good amount of real estate uh, experience, have handled uh, literally hundreds of transactions themselves, and can, can provide uh, that good information. And then ultimately, uh, as you're aware, uh, with my system uh, uh, put in place here, I'm uh, the ultimate, uh, you know, the buck stops here, uh, Harry Truman, a uh, quote from uh, the, uh, the election uh, in uh, 1948, uh, Harry said, the buck stops here, and as the owner of the company, the bucks does stop with me. So I always uh, uh, try to be available to the individual agents uh, there and uh, be around to answer phone calls that they might have and not be in a position that we uh, prejudge uh, what's going to go on just because we've done it hundreds and thousands of times. Because to that individual agent and to that individual seller, uh, this is a fresh question. It's an important uh, question. And uh, just as you would have, uh, say, an attorney providing professional uh, inputs uh, or their doctor providing them with health inputs. Uh, here is their real estate broker. Uh, the statistics show that the real estate transaction uh, for most individuals is one of the largest uh, transactional uh, things that they'll do financially in their life. And they obviously need to have that care and attention uh, to be given to them, not only by the broker, but also by the support staff uh, within our company. So hopefully that, uh, that gives you kind of a good feel you know, for, the, for the system and how that would work. Yeah, I think, it, I think um, you said something interesting there, and I think it could be its own standalone question, which is, what do you do, especially when you're brand new, you may not know exactly what to do in every situation, what do you do when you get stuck, or when you, what do you do when they ask you a question um, that you really don't have the answer to, just maybe because of lack of experience? Well, I, I think that's where you have the lifeline, uh, which is from the... Uh, you know the TV show, so you you always have that lifeline out there, and whether you're, and we don't put a limitation on the lifeline, so the lifeline's out there. You know you get you can get more than one call uh, along the way, and uh, ultimately uh, the way that we handle it is that if someone's working uh, with their partner up, they would go to that individual uh, because 
Uh, there's never a, an absolute. Uh, there's only recommended uh, ways and individuals will then share uh, with, the, uh, with the agent uh, what uh, the, uh, the best solution might be at that point. Uh, but uh, as I mentioned before, I'm the ultimate backup uh, there to give my opinion. Uh, but again, it is my opinion. Uh, just my opinion only does not uh, guarantee uh, success, as we've uh, talked about before, just because uh, a brokerage company has a uh, high percentage of success, uh, there's always going to be that unique situation, which is going to be a special challenge. But our job is to try to cut the percentages uh, down uh, against uh, challenges and to try to improve the seller's uh, stake or the buyer's stake in the transaction itself. <coughs> good, good. Hopefully that's going to give some uh, good answers uh, there. And as, I, as I've uh, stated again, uh, if any of our agents are out there, just feel free to call me with the uh, specifics. If you're working your way through an individual transaction, we'll, we'll always give you the best advice that we have available or the best place to get the, the answer that you want. And sometimes it's going to be to go to the attorney uh, on it and get the attorney's uh, opinion uh, on a transaction. Uh, along the way. We're really about seller uh, choice and we're really about uh, letting the seller make transactional decisions but the sellers uh, are hiring us to, to try to give them the best uh, potential information that we have available to help them make decisions but we're not making decisions for sellers we're just putting sellers or buyers in a position that they know what their options are in the market and then ultimately it's going to be their call on, uh, you know, on how they want to move forward. And that's usually on the financial ends of the transaction itself. Uh, and we can give recommendations, but ultimately uh, our sellers are the, or, or our buyers are the ones that uh, are going to uh, hopefully uh, get the benefit of our experience and, and advice along the way to, to be able to, uh, to bring it home. Sounds great. Thanks, Gino, and thanks again to uh, our listeners for uh, joining us today on Ask the Managing Broker, and have a great day.